Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Extra Extra Time, where we've uh, the coup continues, and we're going to talk about all things not Premier League this time, but all things not. Which countries aren't we going to talk? It's, it's a long list of countries we're not going to talk about. It's not going to involve the Asian Champions League. <laughs> nothing in, no, nothing that in nothing that involves teams in New Zealand playing in Australia, and nothing in North America at all. So. Scott, you wanted to talk to us about Juve Napoli. Oh, what a shit show that was. I actually watched the stream for 45 minutes to see what would happen. I feel like the joke <laughs> might be on you then. No, no, it's good. I was playing football manager at the time, so win-lose situation for myself <laughs> with a quiet beverage on a Sunday night. Um, no, it's just, it was horrible. It was horrible. So explain explain the situation for those of us who are less au fait with you crazy latins so thursday i think it was thursday or friday two napoli players tested positive for covid after they played genoa the week before and they had eight play genoa had eight players and six members of staff test positive after the game so that's a lot yeah they didn't get tested before the game so Genoa was supposed to play Torino this weekend that got called off oh, Tuesday or Wednesday but Napoli Juve sort of went ahead without Napoli travelling due to the high COVID cases in Campania and due to the the few players that got tested positive in the, in the team and Juve stood their ground, basically, and announced the team and went to the stadium. And then they had to wait 45 minutes after the game kicked off to say the game was abandoned. So what's the official situation? Because I'm looking at the Serie A league table here on BBC Sport, on BBC Sport sorry, and... Napoli and Juventus have only played two games to everyone and to most other teams three. So has the game been abandoned and a win and so at the moment Juve don't have the no, walkover. Juve don't have the walkover. It should have been postponed like the Torino Genoa case uh, case was, but it's 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 Serie A. Bands of so, <laughs> things happen there. With the exact saying of it's Serie and this involving Juventus, <laughs> what do we expect is going to happen? So I think it, something was supposed to happen today, but I think it's going to be adjourned till next week. That will probably get adjourned to a couple of weeks later. 
Um, I, this is Italy after all. Yeah. They've got to have lunch. Yeah, the jurisdiction laws over there is strange. It's... Honestly, I don't know what will happen. It, I reckon the game will be played at a later date. they just got to find out where and when, when to play it. Surely if you're Juventus, you're going to push against that as much as possible. Yeah, but I don't think... I think many fans will take the 3-0 walkover, but the few fans with a with knowledge and a bit of a, a, a brain about it will just be like, what are you doing? Why is this happening? This shouldn't have been played in the first place, but yeah... Emma, something this administratively stupid could never happen in Spain, could it? Same. No, we'd never do such a thing. How dare you tower us with the same brush? <laughs> Just be well organised, all sorted. So when's yes. so when's the next round? Have they announced the uh, the dates for the next round of fixtures yet? In Spain. <laughs> yeah, in Spain. <laughs> do you generally not know who, what what time the games are being played after the international break? We generally don't know what our first game of the season will be until like two weeks before the season starts so <laughs> and people in this country complain about games getting moved for television television yeah and oh no respect for away fans i mean spain are making it up as they go along and just sort of like the day before just yeah that's pretty much what we do yeah. <laughs> so scott while we're still talking about Mainly talking about Serie A. Atalanta top. Yeah. AC fun. Milan. They're really fun to watch. I watched the game Sunday lunchtime. They were 4-0 up after 40 minutes. And if it wasn't for the calorie keeper, it could have been about 11-2. <laughs> are, are they going to be the front runners? Can this AC Milan team live with... Can this? I imagine Ibrahimovic-powered AC Milan team live with them because looking here, and this is news to me, they have conceded zero goals. AC Milan, yeah, yeah, they've they've started the season strongly. They didn't have, I don't think they had Ibra because he tested positive for COVID, or COVID 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 tested positive for And so they didn't have Daniel Maldini, Paolo's son played in their Europa League game last week with the epic penalty shootout I shared with a WhatsApp group if anyone watched it. <laughs> it was that they, they had the chance to lose it three times and then they won it at the end. But Milan have started well. Atlanta are the team to watch this season. I think if they don't pick up any injuries to their key players in the Champions League, I think they will finish strong in Serie A. It's only because Juve should have got beaten by Roma. They should be even further behind. And Inter is Inter with Conte. As they keep buying players on a football manager 2013, 14 and 15 save. And if you play in FIFA 14, like Arturo Vidal. They mainly have to have played for Conte before as well. Yeah. No, so Um, Vidal, Damian. So... And I, th- I think maybe we'll ask this question as we go go through all of the the, the free maybe leagues we want to look at in in Europe because of COVID, or as well as COVID and, and all of the sort of the things that go with that. Is this the year 
that Juventus fall? Yes, but I think it's going to be very, very close. And it's going to be... If it is Atalanta, it's going to be a, a wonderful story because this story's been built for about three to four years. And just remember... Do you remember a couple of years ago when they played Everton in the Europa League? I'm sorry to bring this up. You probably don't remember it. Uh, the <laughs> Europa League, mate. Don't want to remember it. So they they beat Everton twice. I think it was 5-1 and 3-0. And then you saw the sprinkling of what was going to happen. And year by year, they've bought well. You mean Everton turning into the best team in the country? <laughs> Everton and Atalanta. Yeah, you can see the parallels, can't you? Yeah. Four years ago. It was an early meeting of great minds. Minds, yeah. But um, they just sold a lad to Manchester United for 30 million, and no one knows how good he is yet because he's he's barely featured for Atalanta. But that's Real Madrid do that with Brazilian with 17 year old Brazilians all the time. True. This is, Manchester United are just following in some pristine footsteps. Yeah, so Atalanta sold Kulazewski to Juventus for 40 million, and you. He was on loan at Parma last season, and both him and Traore, they think I think they picked up seventy-five million euros for the, the pair of them. Do you know? Do you know what I respect about Serie A from someone who doesn't really watch it? How incestuous it is. Yeah. You just don't get that in any other league. Do you? No. Don't get that in England. You don't get that in, in in Spain. Players don't just move around. Oh, you've played for you've played for both Milan clubs and Juventus. Why not now come and play for Roma? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can just play. You can play for Genoa and Sampdoria, and then move to someone like Lecce or Spezia or someone else. Um, I will just add Pedro. If anyone hasn't seen his goal from the weekend, please do. Brilliant, wonderful goal. I'm so happy for him. Not really into good things for Pedro ever since he broke onto the scene without become being sort of ever known about on Football Manager. I don't really <laughs> think that's allowed. <laughs> Pretty sure it's against the rules. Is this your Carison theory from last week? No, no, it's the opposite of the Carison theory. You shouldn't be allowed to be as good as Pedro was in your debut season without me having already known about him. Because you should have been a wonder kid uh, much before this. And he just turned up and scored 20 goals. And once, was it six trophies, Elmo, in his first season? Mm-hmm. Don't, we don't need to go on about it. I want good things for him still. Roma have turned into a mini Spain, which I'm happy talk about. To us. So, talk to us about Roma. Oh, God. That was... I'll, I'll talk to you about transfer deadline day. Um, so the Chris Morland deal, was, I think, went through literally one minute before deadline. And it didn't get ratified till about... I think it was about nine o'clock. There's rumours of some problems with the paperwork. I couldn't be dealing with two... Mr. Spell, spell Chris wrong. <laughs> that he wouldn't, wouldn't, tell, wouldn't tell them his middle name. Do and not write in the space. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm Why? sorry, I, I think I broke these two. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so Chris Morning's not going to be Miss Springfield, but what is he going to be? <laughs> In Rome. Um, very good defensive. So Rome are playing with a back three at the moment. And they've got three lads. 
playing in defence who are 20, 21, I think Mancini's 22 or 23. So he just add a bit of experience to the back three. This is such a bizarre transfer to me. Not not just the transfer, but the the going back to last season because we just just did a podcast where we talked about Manchester United needing defenders and had defenders, and they just sold their second best, probably their second best defender. Fifteen million plus five million if Roma win the Champions League. Whoever put that clause in, genius. I mean. You, it is possible to write stupid clauses into transfers, though, Emma, isn't it? How dare you? <laughs> is that revenge? <laughs> I'm not. I wasn't naming any any did, particular. Did they make sure it said if he wins the Champions League with Roma, a different club, and then wins the Champions League? Because that's a key distinction that you really need it to very make. Much yeah. It's important that you put that in. So how much? No, so they, you don't own Liverpool any money for Philippe Coutinho. Unless well, he makes like we four. We might do in assists. a few weeks. <laughs> um, right, so that's Roma. Just we think that we're thinking that Juventus might fall. How do you anticipate? Is this going to be a wide open title race? Are they going to be? Are either of the Milan teams going to look good? Are Napoli going to hang around, or is this going to whittle down into a? Two horse race where it's Juve or maybe Atalanta. I think our Conte's, Conte's into seem to be very close last season. Yeah, right? on paper, are, yes. Are they going to be able to scale those same heights again, or it's Conte though, isn't it? He's just going to find. He's very moany. I wonder who he reminds us of in the Premier League. He'll moan about everything: size of the pitch, the grass, his wig, um, him not signing six midfielders for three positions. They signed Christian Eriksen in January and the rumour is he was trying to... There were rumours that they were trying to send him out on loan and and pay half his salary. Yes. Strange. Yeah. The only reason I can see Inter cocking this up is their coach. Okay. Because he... What about... What about... This AC Milan team, are AC Milan back? Because AC Milan have been away for a long time for anyone who's just a casual observer. They're back, but I don't think they will last long. I reckon they could get top four for Champions League. I think that was probably their ambition. They started the season strongly and started really well. Their season started probably about four weeks ago because of the Europa League commitments. Because they finished sixth last season, they had to qualify for the Europa League in the qualifiers, the one round of fixture qualifiers. They got through that, but it's it's going to be. Remember, this is a season which should be ten months, and it's compacted into eight months. So you're going to get a lot of games, which could be probably later in the season, which could be Saturday, Sunday, and then Tuesday, Wednesday. And then again repeat, and then re- again repeat. I think quite a few clubs might struggle with that. Okay. We all we all really hope Juventus fall, though, don't we? Someone has to knock them off their perch, and I think this is the season that it has to happen. I'm fairly sure, I'm fairly sure that no no one on this podcast is after 
Juventus staying on any any perch at all, are they? No. Right. That, so we can we can talk about Spain now, and I might have accused it of being in a Ministry of Nightmare earlier, but I've just looked at the league table. Why have some team, lots of teams played five games, lots of teams played four games, some teams played three games? This is ridiculous. This is a nightmare. <laughs> because we had a tiered start. All the teams that didn't play in the Europa League or the Champions League started at the regular time. The teams, then the teams that started in the who were in the Europa League, like Sevilla and Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atleti, who were in the Champions League, started two weeks later than everybody else. But Real Madrid weren't in it. They just had that one game because... They were still in it. That They got to count, did they? Yeah. And I think so, Atleti might have had to play somebody who... Oh, no, actually, I think Atleti started at the right... T- no, they were in it, weren't they? They so, were. They, but, uh, so, they so played Red Bull Leipzig, didn't they? Why yeah. have... um? Why have Barcelona and Sevilla and Atleti only played three games? That's even... Uh, And when does this nightmare fix itself? Well, they think it will kind of fix itself by playing midweek games at some point. But we also have the Cadell Ray to play. They don't have a plan, do they? No. (laughs) There's the Copa del Rey to play, and then we have the Champions League, so we've got that yeah. to play midweek. It's never gonna, we're never gonna catch up. Are they doing Ever. this? Are they doing the Super Cup again this this term, like they did last year, or the, earlier uh, this year? In they did it in Morocco. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, are they gonna try and invent? Uh, the only the only solution I can see to this is if they try and invent a new day of the week. <laughs> or a month. That lousy smart weather. <laughs> Please don't touch Willie. <laughs> Good advice. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how it's going to sort itself out, but there's hope. <laughs> Let's just cross our fingers and hope for the best. <laughs> That's how we do it. So unlike in the in, in the Premier League, there is no team as, as good as Everton who have won all of their games. So Correct. every team has dropped points. But also, unlike in the Premier League, we don't have three teams on zero points because every team has picked up some points. Mm-hmm. This league table was. Some of our teams aren't very good. This this team this this day was impossible to judge because of the disparity in games. Yeah, that I don't, don't bother looking at it. There's there's it's it's there's no point. Can, can I ask you about can I ask you about the horror show? And I hope Amazon do a documentary on this or someone else can you talk to me about Valencia I would love to see an all or nothing special on there on their start of the Uh, season yeah so the latest news is today um, well apparently yesterday their manager Javi Garcia um, talked to the chairman and said that he was going to quit I was going to say Sid Lowe was suggesting that he thought he might resign yeah well today it turns out that Javi Garcia cannot afford to quit what? Because he would have to pay them uh, f- some money for the rest of his contract. That's that's worse than the Coutinho deal. So basically, it's like being trapped in a loveless marriage. He, he can't get out of it. <laughs> so basically, Lim has to sack him, but 
But yeah. now, now you know that he wants to quit. Can't afford to second either. Okay. But why can't they have a lovely sort of a very English mutual consent agreement where no one, no one, no one sacks anyone and no one pays any money, and everyone just gets to go home? Because that's far too sensible. What is Peter Lim trying to achieve? <laughs> I don't know. I mean. It feels like he's stripping all of the assets from the club and they're going to get relegated and they're going to end up in a not existing. But they already have seven points. That's got to be annoying him. Yeah, I think that's why they tried to sell Condobia this week in the transfer deadline. Um, But no, (laughs) he decided to stay, which probably wasn't great for them. I mean, it's good for them, like, because he's a great player and he's, like, one of the only good players they have left. But it's bad for them because he could have brought them some money. I don't know what their deal is. They make Barcelona and our crisis look like amateur hour. (laughs) That's saying something. It really is. So talk to us about Barcelona's crisis because... It's not been a happy sailing week, right? Where do you want to start? Um, <laughs> I'm, I, as the, the accountant in me wants to start with the numbers. Our record debt. Yeah. <laughs> Feels good. <laughs> Apparently, we're trying to enter into some agreement with Goldman Sachs where they um, give us lots of money. I think it's they- called a loan agreement. But they will take thumbs. Um, so so, oh, and how, they get, how much they is get the, debt? the naming rights of the Camp Nou. Oh. Goldman Sachs presents the Camp Nou. The, the Goldman Sachs Arena. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh, it could be like they could be like uh, could be <laughs> Goldman Sachs at, at what was it, at, at Camp Nou. Like this, at St. James's Park agreement. Yeah. Uh, these yeah, are all I mean, terrible ideas, aren't they? They are. They're horrible ideas. And we got confirmation that the vote of no confidence in the board is going to go ahead because they got the um, uh, required number of signatures validated by the club. Which the club's response to this has been to cancel the General Assembly where the vote would have been held on October 25th. If there's no General Assembly, there can't be no vote. That's a solution to every problem, isn't it? (laughs) Exactly. That is essentially if if I never turn back up to work again, you can't fire me. Exactly. Can't see me, can't do it. That's that's, that's the way it is. Um, Yeah. As a little aside, so obviously we've talked before about Barcelona's financial problems and Mm. the self-serving, how that forces a little like a self-serving nature to the board because the agreements they have to put in place to guarantee the budget is does at any point anyone say like to an extent I'm not saying this board has done anything right because they haven't mm-hmm. but even the best board in the world would be in some trouble right now right 
due to the yeah the COVID but, restrictions. But we were already in big trouble before the COVID restrictions. Because of the COVID stuff, we are trying to the board are trying to negotiate another pay cut for players and staff because we don't have any. We we are broke. We are we are broke. And then if you think about that, and then you think about the place that we sold in the transfer market for zero money, like we let Rafinha go to Paris Saint Germain for nothing. We let Arturo Vidal go back to Italy for a million euros. We let Ivan Rakitic go to Sevilla for one and a half million euros. We let Luis Suarez go to Atleti for nada. I don't I don't understand how this is business. I'm not an accountant like you, but I know that's not financially viable. Scott Scott had the words at, at Luis Suarez and looked interested for a second. <clears throat> You also signed Miralem Pjanic in the Arthur deal, didn't you, for 60 million euros? I, as, as creative accounting, I stand by that deal. <laughs> it's flawless. Yeah. There's nothing to see there. Don't look at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't the solution here just to get... I'm fairly sure that sort of his, history just tells me that... I'm fairly sure the government just writes off this debt, right? That's happened before. I'm sure that's happened before. Yeah. Might have been another club. I'm sure they I just write. Wasn't. I think you might be thinking of a different club. No, definitely uh, not this one. Do they? It's not could... going to happen for us. Could you sell like an old training ground for yeah. the government for lots of money? <laughs> do they play in white? <laughs> I mean, we could try. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we didn't sign anybody on deadline day, did we? No, we didn't. Um. And we have four fit defenders. Sorry, three fit, two fit defenders, one Samuel Mtiti and one Clement Longley who's suspended. <laughs> but um, Eric Garcia will be joining on a free next season, so that's already pretty much decided. He's not great though, is he? And he wears a Petacek helmet with yeah, scrum cap. And he's an originator at least. We thought that Manchester City would be desperate to get rid of him, to get money for him, because his contract's running out. So we offered $15 million and they went, oh, no, that's not enough. And we couldn't afford to offer any more than that, so because they're broke. I was listening to the, the Ornstein and Chapman podcast today, where they were talking about the, the uh, about uh, Memphis Depay being available for less than £20 million. And apparently Barcelona wouldn't have been able to make an uh, offer for him unless they could have bought in to, towards 80 to 100 million. Uh, yeah, so we could not afford to bid for him because of the salary. <laughs> I love the way you say, like you said, you can't afford to bid for him. That makes it sound like literally the cost of the fax machine and the paper <laughs> is going to be the issue. Ink's expensive these days. Yeah, we're not made of stamps. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there's a salary cap in La Liga. Okay. Uh, we would not have been able to give him money to play for us every week because right. we couldn't so, afford it. So that, that maybe that that number slightly misleading. Is that about freeing it up? So maybe if you if you, that's why if you'd got Dembele, yeah. 
off the wage bill that would have allowed you to be able to pay him, right? Yes. Uh, right. That was if Manchester United or whoever it was who was looking at taking Dembele would have agreed to pay his wages. Because, you know, you can get loan deals where you just take him and don't pay for his wages. But yeah, you just but... pay for his medical bills. For the, this might must have been the first time ever Manchester United looked in the in the bag that said "Don't give dumb money to stupid." <laughs> and he went, maybe we could sign this player. And then Edison Cavani's the light shone off Edison Cavani's cheekbones, and they changed their mind. Wasn't there a rumor that there was a deal going to be done with a medical for Dembele? That's the only way to. Got done, I reckon. He Can you imagine putting him through a medical? He'd have just broken down half the medical, it. The medical itself would have injured him. Exactly, yeah. How did he get that, injured? I imagine just like, oh, Dembele came on for a little bit and then we thought, ah, oh, we thought maybe he'd play next week, but um, unfortunately he got injured in a medical and we tried to sell him to Manchester United, so now he can't <laughs> even play for us. How long's he out for? Six months. <laughs> Reminds me. Oh, he, he he pulled his hamstring getting onto the uh, playing the PS4. <laughs> it reminds me of Homer Simpson's physical. <laughs> it's like the opposite of the Mr. Burns one, where yeah, all of the diseases <laughs> they all just go through, all of the injuries go through one by one. Yeah. So, in his defence, though, apparently our players had a day off today who weren't doing international stuff, um, uh, but. He came in for training. So that's nice. Did he get injured? Yeah, I was going to say, he's now out. <laughs> uh, not that I'm aware of, but, you know. <laughs> what What about Barcelona on the pitch? So you've had three La Liga games under Koeman now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not quite sure how a Dutch manager of Barcelona is getting away with not playing 4-3-3. <laughs> um, yeah. So we play Villarreal, who decided they weren't going to do defending against us, which helped. They made Coutinho look like a world beater, which is nice for him, I guess. I mean, I've seen other teams make him look like a world beater in the last six months. but. (laughs) And we played Vigo, and Sergio Roberto scored. And again, I can't have nice things. Felt like a personal attack on me. Um, and we looked okay. Um, and I don't think, played I'm not sure anyone. Test, which was I'm not sure anyone came out of the severe game with any credit. They didn't. No, Ansofati had a pretty bad game. He was pretty wasteful. Was that, um, was that because he was getting double teamed? <laughs> he was. He was. He was getting double teamed. Poor guy. Um. Yeah. I sent you the um, graphic of our uh, one of our overproduced graphics um, <laughs> about Barcelona attacking down the right side, didn't I? Yeah, who plays down the right side? Sergio Roberto and Anton Griezmann. Oh, I didn't, I didn't expect this to be a drive-by on Sergio as well. Yeah, he's getting it. <laughs> Any chance? I'm gonna take it. I've been tricked into that one. You have, yeah. Zero percent. Zero. Zero is a percent. <laughs> Zero is a percent. Um, <laughs> so uh, we are. I, 
I asked Scott about um, about the chances in Italy. What are the chances of the duopoly being dethroned in uh, in in La Liga this season? Zero is still a percent. Zero is still a percent. Yeah. <laughs> Purple is a so zero, zero percent. Yeah. Yeah, Roma just are going to win the league pretty comfortably, I would imagine. Comfortably, eh? Yeah. I mean, we're not in any shape to make any sort of a chance. We have four fit defenders. No, I keep saying that. They're not fit. Samuel Antiti is not fit. Kromalongli is suspended. We have Pique and a child to play. Are Real Madrid that good, though? No, but they're consistent. And they're well coached. Are we not going to have, as we joked about Mourinho earlier on today, who's going to be sort of getting the ire of of, um, Zinedine Zidane now Gareth Bale has left, though? Ooh. There's got to be some, like... It's it's probably going to be Zidane is someone who... Zidane isn't someone who sort of um, cultivates a happy dressing room, is he? So, no, I mean, that's why, you know, James Rodriguez was turfed out and Gareth Bale is turfed out. But, um, yeah, I imagine... Both uh, of them moved up in the world, you could argue. They have. One, you know, one of them plays for the best team in the land right now. So, yeah. um, <laughs> actually, I think it might be Eden Hazard because he's... Have you seen him recently? He's injured and overweight. Um, so I think I saw, he'll probably be the target. I saw a a story about um, Luka Modric wanting a new contract and to end his career at, um, at Madrid. And I always get drawn back to that. To I believe to Marco referring to him as the worst signing in Real Madrid history. They try not. They try not to talk about that anymore, don't they? Yeah, they, I don't think they mention it much. Yeah. yeah, but those those guys know a player when they see one. <sighs> that, or if Florentino Perez tells them they've seen one. <laughs> I wonder if it was uh, Florentino who told them that this was the signing was a horrible mistake. <laughs> Just after he'd done it, that was yeah. yeah. <laughs> got buyer's remorse. <laughs> so now, just quickly, I just thought we should talk about we should talk about Germany. I looked at Germany. And do you know what? efficiency? Every team in Germany played three games, just consistent across the board. Free, 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 all the same. It's because they know how to do things right. Organized, efficient. Yeah. Runs on time. How does how does the French league look? The French League. Let's have a look at the French League. I reckon the French League is going to be so sort of so many Gallic shrugs that some of these teams are going to play zero games. <laughs> oh no! This is worryingly sort of organised. Every team six games. Six. PSG fourth. How have they played six games? They started. They started in mid-August. But remember, they didn't finish their last season. No, they, they didn't. They oh, were, yeah, they did yeah, yeah, they suspended it. Things got a little bit difficult. The French surrendered. <laughs> <laughs> it 
it's nice that, you know, the French League made PSG go straight into, you know, from their humiliating defeat, go straight into the season where they've started with humiliating defeats. So, in, in Germany, we've already had a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of up and down. So Bayern Munich are fourth, Dortmund fifth. Both of them have dropped, have lost a game. Um, no teams, no team unbeaten again. So no team better than Everton in Germany either. Mm-hmm. Facts. And um, we've, we've got PSG in fourth. There's, there's, what we're saying is, where's the dominance going to end? Which, if we had to pick one, which is most likely. PSG. Yeah, PSG. Let's rank them. We're going PSG one. Who's then? Then who's most likely to fall? Juventus. Juventus. I think I agree. Yeah. And then, well, from... we've already agreed that we've already agreed that zero is a percentage <laughs> for yeah. Barcelona. So, does that mean Bayern Munich are next? Zero percent. Yeah. Zero percent is also zero percent for Bayern Munich. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they did lose at Hoffenheim in Dortmund. I'm not sure. I think there's. I think things could be afoot. Who, who's gonna Who's gonna topple Bayern Munich? Well, I think that there are several teams in Germany who could who have the the ability to be good. Mm-hmm. And I think. It's this will these the thing the, the I think the mistake you've made in your language there slightly Scott is that with all of these is you said who's going to topple Bayern Munich okay but with all of these leagues I don't know in all of these leagues these teams aren't going to be toppled they're going to come to the pack okay I think it's going to be the these teams will have to fall this isn't going to be the extent of Dortmund going and and getting 90-odd points and finishing above Bayern Munich. This is going to be Bayern Munich losing five or six games this season and sort of having to wrestle around in the mud with everyone else. Bayern Munich bought um, Mark Rocca from Espanyol uh, uh, on deadline day, I think, for about 15 million euros, I think. They didn't pay much for him. Was that his release clause after he got relegated? Um, and he is an excellent midfielder. I hate saying good things about Espanol players, but he is—he's so good, and he could be a great signing for them. That makes me sad. Awesome. What's, what's in, in when you say he's going to be great? What's he going to be? Is he a is he a like for like replacement for Thiago? He's a centre midfielder. Uh, so I kind of yeah. Um, and I don't want good things to happen to Bayern Munich after what they did to us because I'm petty. Uh, don't mind it. Don't <laughs> mind it at all. I know it's one of my more endearing qualities. Uh, <laughs> but um, he's he's really really good and, and yeah. But so, uh, we're like we've all. The weird shit has happened in the Premier League, and I think it's going to happen across like, across Europe and so this. Bayern Munich have conceded seven goals in three games. Yeah, they conceded quite a few to Hoffenheim. I know, I know, Liverpool can concede that in a single game, but <laughs> that's still a lot of goals. That's Bayern. Yeah. I yeah, I think 
I think the rest of the European leagues are going to be going some to catch up on the insanity that was the last round of Premier League matches. Yeah, it's going to take a lot, isn't it? It, it really is. Yeah. That, that Sunday was just very, very random, wasn't it? It's seven. never going to happen again. No, no seven, seven goals at Old Trafford and nine at Villa Park. Yeah. When there'd been so much football that at that point I'd given up on football for Villa Park. <laughs> there were six I... games on Sunday, six Premier League games, all televised. I remember saying to you that I wasn't going to watch that because I had absolutely zero interest in watching Liverpool. <laughs> and we both look like idiots. We, we we made adjustments during though, didn't we? We did. Things, yeah. things can change. <laughs> Well, that's been a lovely tour of Europe and we've not had to talk about any league that doesn't have any significance on football in any way. So, but quick, I, let's check the results from the Iraqi Premier League. Let's see what's going on. I couldn't tell you what's happening at FC Baghdad. <laughs> uh, got a new manager, maybe? Sure. Everybody's lost to, Ch- to Chavi's team. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, um, oh, England scored. No, Scot- oh, he's pretending Scotland has scored. Penalty shootout. It's gone to a penalty shootout. Yeah. I thought this was the first leg. No, single leg. Sing. Ah. Sorry. So all just... those, so all those Welsh players being unavailable is in. Oh no, all those Scottish players. So Kieran Tierney not being available. Is a bigger issue than I first gave it credit. Yep, same with Stuart Armstrong. They're going to miss all three games. Right, we're talking about international football. Yeah, now, we don't want to talk about that. A dark turn, <laughs> so we're just going to leave this little Euro shindig and just remind everyone to always keep their man on the post. <laughs>